Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breathing Body Podcast. I'm your host and I'm so happy that you are here diving into this archive and source of inspiration I'm creating on this platform. This podcast invites you to journey through conversations which share the fascination of the physical matter we inhabit, the breathing body. These conversations explore its inherent intelligence, movements and healing. I'm talking to people from various fields of research and practice, such as osteopathy, dance, somatic practices, anatomy and embryology, spirituality, and many more. And if you would like to learn about our miraculous body and be inspired in many new ways, then this podcast is for you. My name is Florina Dominique. I'm an osteopath with a background in dance and yoga, and I'm based in London, where I practice, lecture and research. I'm so excited to have had Julie Daniluk on the show. You will quickly hear that Julie brings a wonderfully huge amount of passion and energy to the topic of health and nutrition and what we can do every day to allow our body to heal. In this episode, she breaks down inflammation and its relation to sugar and how to keep it at bay. We also dive and dived into an array of other health topics that will leave you informed, entertained and inspired. Do you know that? Do you struggle with sugar cravings or feel like sugar controls you? That's how I felt a couple of years back until I literally stumbled over a podcast where Julie was guest on. And shortly after, I had read all her books and since feel so blessed how her knowledge and research nurtures and influences the way I cook, eat and look after myself. So who is this amazing Julie? Julie is a registered holistic nutritionist and a highly sought after anti-inflammatory expert and speaker. She is an award-winning author of four number one national best-selling books one of them called Meals That Heal Inflammation, or another one, one of my favorites one, Becoming Sugar-Free. After graduating from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, she studied culinary arts at George Brown College, herbalism at Emerson Herbal College, and life coaching with Tony Robbins. Julie's passion is to speak in venues all around North America, where she blends her skills and experience in fun and positive ways to provide breakthrough results with her audiences. Julie also went on to co-host Healthy Gourmet, which is a reality cooking show that ran for three sessions and aired in over 70 countries. And Julie has appeared on hundreds of TV programs, including the Dr. O's show Evolve with John Edward, CTV News, Global TV and many more. You can see Julie is a woman which brings who brings a wealth of experience and wisdom and yeah, I just hope that you will enjoy this episode just as much as I did. And if you do, please leave a comment, a review and share it with your friends and family. It is a dialogue with you, my dear listeners, which hugely supports my work and keeps this podcast going. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support. And now lean back and enjoy. Welcome, Shuli, on the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, it's. I feel very grateful and honored to be sharing with my listeners probably just a spark of your wisdom and expertise. And I was just thinking before, Shuli, it's really interesting because 
I've learned about you literally maybe three years ago. I stumbled <laughs> kind of over your work when I when Google Podcast just suggested me a podcast and you were their guest. And yeah, <laughs> and the next day I ordered all possible <laughs> books. And since then I've been following your work and I thought one day I need this woman on my show. <laughs> Absolutely. My goodness, I'm so honored. Yeah. I, I love that. That Isn't it wonderful how the anti-inflammatory world is really starting to blossom? Absolutely. Like it's, it's great to know that mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory is now a buzzword. Mm -hmm. my, <laughs> I remember when my agent said to me, no, don't write a book on inflammation. No one even knows how to spell it. <laughs> well, now it's really a household name. People understand it's the root cause Absolutely. of illness. Absolutely. And still we need to share it even more and we just touched upon it or you know yes. that's my so my podcast is called the breathing body and it's all about movement and the body's inherent intelligence and healing and i know that with your work yes. and your ongoing research you you bring a huge amount of expertise and contribution exactly to that topic how people can regain health or can find back to health and healing day by day And one of your big fields of expertise mm -hmm. is becoming sugar-free. And I yes. love to maybe start there and to explore that link. What is the link sure. between healing and becoming sugar-free? Why becoming sugar-free? Yeah, I mean, I just want to go on the record as saying not everyone is, is needing to give up mm -hmm. all sugars, but white refined mm -hmm. sugar is globally understood to be the greatest driver of pain and inflammation. And here's why. Because when your blood sugar stays too high for too long and you can't get the sugars inside the cell because the insulin receptors aren't working very well because of the overwhelming amount of sugar, we end up driving inflammation in a lot of ways. We, we actually create age, which I find so mm -hmm. funny that the acronym is called AGE, Advanced mm -hmm. Glycation End Products. And it literally means you're aging on a cellular level. When this these glycation end products hit your eyes, mm -hmm. it becomes cataracts. And when it hits your joints, it becomes arthritis. And when it hits your skin, it becomes mm -hmm. wrinkles. And when it hits your arteries, it becomes, unfortunately, arthrosclerosis or heart disease. And when it hits your kidneys, that's when we see an aging out of our kidneys. The leading cause of kidney transplant is, in fact, mm. uh, diabetes. So we really need to watch our sugars. And I would say that um, a massive amount of people over the age of 40 mm. start to become more and more intolerant mm. to sugars because they can't get them inside their cells. They're, they they really develop metabolic breakdown where they're not able to have a utilization of those carbs. So that's why I'm like, okay, I got two, two ways here. We could jump in fast mm -hmm. and go sugar-free, mm -hmm. or we could put our toe in and just get off white refined <laughs> sugar and corn syrup and the really dangerous sweeteners that spike our blood sugar very, very high. Mm -hmm. So most people take the slow route because they're not quite ready to jump in with mm -hmm. both feet. And with those people, it's about like, can we explore dates, which are mm -hmm. much easier on your blood sugar because there's fiber and there's mm -hmm. B vitamins. You know, can we at least move over to honey, which is not mm -hmm. as damaging to our gut microbiome? Mm -hmm. And then when we're ready and people are like, okay, that's not so bad. I, I've got that down. Then we can jump into fully embracing non-caloric sweeteners like monk fruit liquid, which is really great because it's sweet, mm -hmm. but doesn't have any of the negative side effects. It doesn't spike your blood sugar. It doesn't have any calories, but it doesn't have any harmful side effects like we see with things like aspartame. Mm. That's a lot. But that's great. I <laughs> no, really that's gave you great a for me, especially now, right? It's Christmas time. It's Advent. It's might be a little bit scary for listeners yeah. to hear all becoming sugar free. So, um, to have a way to yeah. just tip the toes in and to then start to experience, wow, it actually, wow, it actually, I have a different experience of my days or of of my body. I go differently through life. Yes. Yeah, you really have an opportunity to feel. Um, lighter mm -hmm. and more positive. I mean, it's been proven that when we have a, a diet mm -hmm. very high in sugars, 
that unfortunately it can really tank our mood. It can cause real low moods. So it's so funny that it's called the joyous mm-hmm. season, you know, the, the, the happiest time of the year. But people are riding this roller coaster of like highs of dopamine. They've had a big binge on sugar. And then one hour later, they're feeling really low or really irritable. So when we have more natural sweeteners, we're more on the level because we don't have the highs or the lows. So it's so beneficial mm-hmm. to try it. So it's good that we have all the treats in there mm-hmm. so that people feel that they can have all of the tastiness of the season without the negative side effects. And maybe yeah. I, I'm just aware for some people that's a complete new topic. Can you tell us a little bit more? You mentioned you started explaining what's, what the sugar does to our body and in what way with these things you shared, in what way does it, does it actually hold us back from healing? Is it like I sometimes see, Imagine it's like putting a brake onto mm. our system. Our body wants to regenerate and heal. And yes, it's like- I mean, yeah, I mean, let's look at uh, infections, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. We just came off of this time where they said there's nothing that we can do uh, for, for certain viruses out there. And there's so much we can do because our white blood cells are immobilized when we have very high mm-hmm. blood sugar. And that's why... Um, people are higher risk who have metabolic problems. So when we um, stop eating high amounts of insulin spiking carbohydrate, we do give our immune system the upper hand to heal itself because there's four underlying causes of inflammation and the biggest one being infections. So we need to help the body treat infection. And we do that when we get off of sugar or we get off of refined white sugar to start. And then what's interesting about honey, and the reason why mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good breakup sweetener, mm-hmm. is because it actually um, has a lot of great antimicrobial benefit. Like we know that if we stuck it in a wound, it'll actually heal it very effectively because the honey actually creates a seal and prevents infection. That's why having very strong honeys like Manuka honey, which is a therapeutic honey on a raw sore throat actually helps to fight the infection of the throat. So it's really neat that we do have some superpowers within Mm -hmm. sweeteners if we know how to use them Mm. correctly. What are other superpowers within sweeteners? Manuka honey? (laughs) Well, Manuka honey is very, very strong. Yeah. What is interesting is you often see a number after Manuka, like Manuka 10, Manuka 20, that actually is uh, showing you the power of that honey and how it can kill bacteria, it can kill fungus. So very strong medicinal honeys are shown to uh, be even killing candida, Mm -hmm. which is a yeast infection that most people feel they have to forego all sweeteners. But the big thing is uh, when you want to have the medicinal benefits of honey, you should eat it raw. You shouldn't uh, mm-hmm. cook it at high temperatures because that high temperature knocks out the antibiotic effectiveness yes. of it. So whenever possible, enjoy a raw dessert. And that's mm-hmm. why you'll see, like, for example, I have a delicious key lime pie mm-hmm. that's very mm-hmm. popular. And using raw honey in it is a wonderful way to go. And you don't mm-hmm. have to buy the Manuka honey because I know it's a high, mm-hmm. it's highway robbery. You can use just a good wildflower honey. And that would have equal medicinal benefit. But you want to look for the word raw because raw honey has, you, you see the texture difference, mm-hmm. right? You yes. can see mm-hmm. it looks creamed. Mm-hmm. It's coming out of the hive much more lively with more of, it is, of its antimicrobial benefit mm-hmm. when it comes out of the hive than when you cook it down. So, so maybe yeah. these sweetener superpowers could be a great way for people to... Deal. I was thinking, you know, it's Christmas time. How do you deal with these cravings, <laughs> or what? How do we get over yeah, the cravings, sure. or how do we master the sugar cravings in these periods when we try to maybe become more sugar-free? I think a big piece is to also uh, what I like to call three food interference, where before we go straight to the mm-hmm. treat, we actually eat some protein, some fats and some fiber Mm -hmm. because that's been proven to balance your blood sugar. So I ran an experiment on myself. I ran, I actually wore a continuous Mm -hmm. glucose monitor or CGM for short. 
And then I, I tried eating a bagel and then I had some salad and then I had, um, a lovely, uh, turkey sausage for breakfast. And in that order, my blood sugar shot up to 8.5. And then the next day I ate the exact same dish, the exact same food, but I just changed the order. I had a beautiful salad with lots of fiber and good quality olive oil in the salad dressing. Then I had my turkey sausage and then I ate a bagel. Now it was a grain-free bagel, but it did have a lot of carbohydrates in it. And my blood sugar only went up to 5.6. That's a massive difference. The difference was just in how I ate it. By putting fat and fiber and protein, you 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 think of it like a crossing Mm -hmm. guard for a dangerous kid running across the street. You need to like bundle them up and carry them across the street safely. That's what this three food interference does because all of those other foods filling the stomach buffers the stomach so that you can't absorb Mm -hmm. the the carbohydrate quickly. It slows down the carbohydrate so that it trickles into your system, which is great. That is so interesting. A friend of mine gave me that book, The Glucose Goddess. I'm sure you know that book as well. Um, And I haven't read it, but I just kind of glanced over that we need to eat greens before any meal, if possible. So I started walking around with a bag of spinach and it does do something. I'm just experimenting, but it's... Yeah, especially if you put a good quality olive oil okay. on those greens, right. then you're truly slowing it down because then you have mm-hmm. lots of fiber and oil. And those two things have been proven to slow down your, your ability mm-hmm. to absorb carbohydrate. So if we can, tr- it's like a time release mm-hmm. capsule when you have that salad right. with yes. oil on it. And, and you'll get used to it. Like a lot of people will say, oh, I couldn't imagine having greens at breakfast, but people have green smoothies and people have, um, you know, uh, eggs Florentine, which Mm -hmm. is eggs on greens. So it's totally possible. It's just wrapping your head around the fact that to get the seven to 10 servings of veggies that we, we really want to have for the anti-inflammatory aspects, it's nice to start in the morning so that you can kind of spread your greens out over the day. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned it again, anti-inflammatory. So I think, yeah, I sticked in with becoming sugar-free, but we need to widen the space because becoming sugar-free <laughs> is one sure. is one aspect of the anti-inflammatory, I would almost say movement, <laughs> which you are a pioneer in and part of. So, yeah, we all know the word, and yet it's maybe for some people a bit a myth. What does it really, it's written there everywhere. Sure. What what does that mean to, to have an anti-inflammatory diet, Julie? Sure. So I'll start with the the definition of inflammation Mm -hmm. is the body's emergency healing response. So the emergency response goes off when we have the heat, the redness, the swelling, the pain, the loss of function. Those are all the symptoms of inflammation. And the inflammation is triggered. The underpinning of it is that your body's being attacked and it needs to have a response to tell you, go solve that problem. And if you ignore the problem, then we end up with chronic inflammation. So instead of it being mm-hmm. acute, which should resolve in a week, you know, you got a really bad cold, you, you get rid of it. You get a, a, you sprain your ankle, you put it up, you heal it, and you move on. But what if you don't resolve it? That's when it turns into that chronic inflammation where a lot of people turn to anti-inflammatory drugs, but those come at a real side effect, right? Those anti-inflammatory drugs, unfortunately, suppress so many enzyme systems in the body that you can end up having, you're trading, there's a the saying, um, trading Peter to pay Paul. You're unfortunately taking this negativity away, like maybe you're taking away a really bad headache, but then you're increasing your risk of heart disease on the other side. So that's why I'm always like, if we use natural remedies, we end up reducing the inflammation appropriately but we also reduce the risks of all the other forms of inflammation. That's the benefit is the fact that we have side benefits instead of side effects. There's side effects of many drugs where naturopathic remedies and the foods of anti-inflammatory healing have only side benefits. So people come to see me because, oh, you know, I, I need to really address um, my IBS. I have terrible bowels and my digestion is off and I really need to deal with this. But what they end up getting as a side benefit 
is they lose 30 pounds, their moods are boosted, they're mentally clear, and they, they don't have the diarrhea and constipation. So it's so great when we address the underlying causes. So what are they? We mm-hmm. talked about infection already. I like to call all the, the issues around inflammation fall into four categories, the four causes of inflammation. I like to call them the four eyes because everyone knows four eyes from, from a librarian. So think four eyes for a minute. So it's, it's infection, huge. Then the number one is, uh, number two is injury. Of course, we twist our ankle, we put out our shoulder, we have like a classic wrist injury from overuse. That is something that we really can use movement with you, your breathing practices, alkaline, just like you would suggest. And then we want to move into an anti-inflammatory menu to reduce the painful inflammation. And we might want to pull out a couple herbs too, to help address the inflammation to really get people over that hump. So injury, infection, the next one I'd like to talk about is irritation caused by toxicity Mm -hmm. and caused by food allergy. Because unfortunately, if you're eating something you're constantly allergic to, you're creating a massive immune response in the gut that's saying, red alert, red alert, there's an incoming invader, fight it off, fight it off. And if say you are profoundly allergic to gluten, but you keep eating it, it may become autoimmune where that ingestion of gluten becomes an attack on your thyroid. So that's why I'm always like, ooh, you have a thyroid issue. We know you have Hashimoto's. We really want to look at if you're intolerant to gluten. Let's go, let's go run a GI map test mm-hmm. and see, in fact, if you are intolerant to gluten. Because if we take that one irritant mm-hmm. out, like sandpaper on the digestive system, if it's finely pulled away and we give you lots of delicious breads, I have like multiple recipes that replace the gluten or you can buy it commercially. Then all of a sudden, oh, my gut feels calm and happy. And the Hashimoto numbers, those antibodies come down into regular range. So there's the irritation. And the very last one that no one thinks about is imbalances. Mm -hmm. Think like, what women are like right before their cycle, they're often having an imbalance causing those the PMS symptoms, mm-hmm. right? So we need to balance blood sugar and we need to balance our hormones because if you have high blood sugar, you're going to throw off your other hormones. That's really been proven. And we need to also balance nutrient density because unfortunately a lot of people are overfed but undernourished. So they're overfed. They're eating way too many carbs. They're eating way too much volume but they're not getting vitamin A and B and C and zinc, all those nutrients that we need to truly have anti-inflammatory power. So that's why I'm a big fan of getting to the root cause. Mm. Yeah. I think it's so important. Or I'm really, um, huh, I think, wow, thanks for reminding with the allergy. I'm just thinking now how probably a lot of people actually go through life with unrecognized or undiagnosed allergies? Is that a fact? Oh, yeah. Because we don't just want to look at profound mm-hmm. allergies. Like, for example, if I eat almonds, I immediately start coughing. Wow. If I eat a persimmon, my throat will close up. People kind of think allergies are life-threatening, like, oh, you ate a peanut and you need an EpiPen. It can also be very subtle, and it can be, instead of a full-blown allergy, it can be an intolerance mm-hmm where when you drink milk, you don't have the enzyme to split down lactose into galactose and glucose. So you're just constantly bloated, farting, low energy. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that as a profound allergy. And you just keep eating the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And we often become addicted to what we're intolerant that to because we get a big hit of, of adrenaline when we eat something we're allergic to. So we can become into mm-hmm. a cycle of always eating like don't be surprised if you're allergic to your favorite food. Like my favorite food was bowls of cold cereal with corn, mm-hmm. like corn cereal with lots of cold milk on it. Well, I was profoundly allergic to both. And the second I got rid of that, my stomach just got so much happier. That is so interesting. Yeah. That's an invitation for all of us from tomorrow onwards. Just observe for a couple of days, maybe what is actually the food which I really love, I really crave. And what, how do I feel after? What, what yeah. do I exactly do I know this excessive wind or bloating or whatever symptoms those yeah. are? Definitely keep a journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my big thing for everyone. Please keep a food journal and just start to mm-hmm. notice 
when when are you uh, self-effacing and really having social anxiety? When are you um, feeling heartburn? When are you having uh, really bad bowel movements where you're just getting tiny little rabbit pellets out of you or you're having loose stools? Mm-hmm. Like all of that should be noted. And then we start to trace back our food choices. We take something out and observe, did it get better? Oh, I start to feel better. The problem is a lot of people eat really complex foods with three or four allergies in it at once. Think lasagna or pizza. That can have a whole bunch of allergies all in one bite, you know? So we do kind of have to tease it out. And that's why uh, trying the anti-inflammatory menu on for a while, Mm -hmm. where we knock out all the dangerous foods and really the common allergies for at least two months. And then we put them in one at a time really carefully, then we can really get a snapshot of what's going on. You mentioned heartburn, Mm. Julie. Is it from your experience? Because the common thing is you think, oh, I've eaten, I've heard so much about heartburn recently from patients. And what we think is, yeah, I've eaten too much and this stomach is over full and that's why I get the heartburn. Um, But is it maybe equally as much caused by eating not necessarily too much, but by eating the wrong things or the wrong things for that individual person? Yes. Can you say more about how, why do we get heartburn? We got it. Yeah, I mean, heartburn really can be a lack of digestive enzymes mm-hmm. because we're stressed. So a big piece of it can be the stress response. Mm-hmm. Have we done our breath practice today? Have we done any movement today? Have we done anything to take care of ourselves to go out of fight or flight into rest and digest? So if you're not in your rest and digest state and you're watching, you're eating something while you're watching like hyperviolent television, which is really prevalent Mm -hmm. today, then that's going to put you in a mode where nothing digests because it's just sitting there in a holding tank. Um, our, Our digestive system, the peristalsis relies on us not being in fight or flight. So that's the first place I look if someone has indigestion. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have to look at, is your stomach damaged from long time of eating refined food? Have you lost the capacity to break your food down? And do we need a few crutches? So one of the big crutches I can share here if I have it. I think I might have it. I think I have it. I use some digestive um, bitters, something very, very bitter mm-hmm. under my tongue will create a ton of digestive juices. Mm. All of a sudden, my whole body goes, oh, I'm going to make more protease. I'm going to make more lipase. I'm going to make all these digestive enzymes. And anything that ends in an ACE is typically an enzyme, and it splits your food apart like Mm -hmm. little scissors. So when you say, oh, I've eaten too much, is it the fact that whatever amount you ate is not broken down with the little scissors of the enzymes, right? So we want to increase our enzymatic capacity, Mm And then the other um, piece that I really look at is, are you genuinely intolerant to that Mm -hmm. food? Like lactose, Mm -hmm. like, do you not have the ability? What if you lost Mm -hmm. your ability to eat um, dairy at five? Because a lot of people, especially with Asian heritage Mm -hmm. or African heritage, don't have the digestive enzymes because they're, they're genetically never had dairy past weaning. Right? Like if, yeah. if in Asia, your entire tribe never ever had it, then you, you just stop making it at a certain point. Where if you're lucky enough to be born in Holland, well, the Dutch always eat dairy their whole lives. And it's been shown that the Dutch have the, the lowest level of dairy intolerance because they keep their capacity to break it down. Wow. So it really does depend on the person. And that's why there's, I believe, 8 billion diets for 8 billion people. We can't say there's one way. You're never going to see like dogma from me because every single person has a different menu that feels good in their body. Yes. I ab- mm, I just help you find it. I love it. That, you're, that you're saying that because my big message with my with that work and my podcast project is to very much bring people back to that fact that our body is our best teacher <laughs> and that the number one thing we yes. all need to do is right to reconnect to this amazing physical matter we inhabit. And there are so many messages we get day by day. And it's wonderful to now be talking to you and to actually share with the listeners, hey, even regarding my food and my nutrition, before taking a shell of medication or running to a lot of doctors, maybe by having, like you said, a food diary, and maybe you can share a bit more about how could that look like 
they might gain so many insights <laughs> and Sure, absolutely. So with a food diary, it's super easy. You can just do it on your phone. There's certain apps that I like to use because it will tell you specifically how many carbohydrates you've eaten, how much protein you're eating. Because instead of counting calories, which really don't tell you anything about quality, I prefer to kind of make sure that I get at least 100 grams of protein a day. And then I really like to look and see, have I had too many carbs today? Because if I eat way too many carbs, mm -hmm. then my blood sugar is yes. going to be on that roller coaster. So I, I really like to measure those two things. And with, with good fats, I, I don't really measure them so much as just try to look for the best ones. Because quite frankly, fat's like a whole other yeah. topic. A lot of people don't realize that when we eat a lot of really highly processed seed oils, like our canola oil, our corn oil, our soya oil, these are highly processed to a white refined liquid that's super inflammatory, unfortunately, and competes in your body for that good omega-3 that we know is anti-inflammatory. So I'm always like looking to flaxseed and looking to, you know, getting good quality fish and making like tiny little fish that aren't high in mercury, like our anchovies, our, our mackerel, our herring, the little guys. And then I really love to focus on olives. Olives are probably one of the most nutritious and healing foods on the mm. whole planet. And unfortunately, with global warming, Greece has had a, a horrific olive season where there was such bad drought mm. that the olives were dropping off the trees before they were ripe oh, wow. from dehydration. Mm. So that's causing a worldwide olive oil shortage. So now you have to be really careful about where you get your olive oil because a lot of olive oil is being cut with canola oil. So we have to really like, huh, do I know this brand? Do I trust this brand? Is it certified? Because when you buy certified organic, then you know they have to trace it from field to table. They can't fake inputs and outputs. They have to measure this much came into the factory, this much is leaving the factory, and it's all with a paper trail. So that's why it is a good idea to buy organic if you can afford it. But but there, there, there's my rant on fats. Everyone needs to eat more good fat, especially olives. Yes. Yeah. And with the food diary, um, you would literally people write down exactly what what they ate and what they felt. Or what do you write? Yes. What do you write other than the, the, the fats? The, sure. So yeah, what do you write down? Yeah. So in a lot of the, um, so I'll just share the one that I use is called carb manager because it has thousands of entries of food. So say I'm out and I end up buying something that's ready-made. I can just scan the barcode and it automatically goes into the system, saving me a ton of time of like trying to break it down. Um, but if you're eating really basic foods at home, it's just so easy to track. And then you can add a note about how you feel afterwards But you can also just run a paper journal, mm -hmm. like some people really like analog, mm -hmm. where you, you, you have two columns, the food you ate, well, three columns, the food you ate, how much mm -hmm. you ate, and how did you feel right after eating it. And then you can also sort of trace a few hours later mm -hmm. if you're feeling poorly from that food choice. Because some people get high off the food they're eating, especially if you were to eat a piece of chocolate cake, you're mm -hmm. going to feel giddy mm -hmm. for the first hour, right? You're going to be like, yay. Mm -hmm. But then how did you feel after you came down off that high? That That's what needs to be noted as well. Did you have insomnia that night? Are you irritable? You know, it's important. I think that's such an inspiration yeah. because, you know, we, this body carries us through every day. It does so much for us. And yet most of us, we, I absolutely agree with you. We, We are overfed, but under, undernourished. And actually, we so deserve to be overnourished <laughs> and rather overnourished and tied a bit underfed. Um, and <laughs> I think yes. the first step is to just have a lot more, yeah, awareness and actually kind of lo look at it. Okay. What, what do I actually eat? You just enter to not just blindly eat. That's something what's sometimes what saddens me when I walk through supermarkets and you see how people just, kind of blindly fill, fill their trolleys. Um, and I think what's sad is a lot of people have this idea that healthy food is expensive. But if we go by nutrient and not just by mm -hmm. calorie, actually healthy food is cheaper 
Because if we look at potato chips, for example, potato chips are now up to $50 a pound. Mm -hmm. Because we have to remember, they're only sold in 100 gram bags. And in the 100 gram bag, so you can times that by 10 to equal a kilo. So you can see how much that becomes expensive, Mm -hmm. right? Where if we look to a potato, that same food is only a fraction of the cost. It's 50 cents. So a 50 cent potato can become maybe six or seven dollars worth of potato chips. So when people say to me, oh, you know, health food's expensive. I'm like, junk food's expensive. Mm -hmm. Look at junk chocolate. Mm -hmm. Look at all of these foods that are processed meats. You know, it's cheap. It's like roast beef. (laughs) That's cheap. Take that same meat and make it into a highly processed salami. And all of a sudden it's $50 a kilo. Yes, it causes more cravings. So it's really important for Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which produces more cravings. Mm -hmm. And the nitrates are terrible mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. because a lot of people are scared of meat and they, they um, of course, you have to watch like where, where it's sourced and stuff. But I'm mostly concerned with the nitrates and the processing, the highly processed meats are where we really have danger. And it's the same across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same with white refined sugar, white ref- the, the clear canola oil that's highly processed. It's really in the refinement of the food where we lose all the nourishment. And then we put a few nutrients back in and then we call it enriched, which is hilarious because Mm -hmm. we know that that enrichment doesn't really do the body good. So actually maybe a place for anyone who now feels, oh, completely orange, a a simple place to start, which is to think, would be to think, okay, what is the, what are the most unprocessed and yet yummy ingredients I can buy? right? Go to the supermarket and buy yeah, unprocessed absolutely. veggies and fruit. That could be a starting point. Yeah. And yeah. And whenever anyone's like, oh, I, I can't afford healthy food. I'm like, everyone can afford lentils. Mm-hmm. Look at a family in India that has to feed the whole family on a dollar yeah. a day. Everyone can afford that. And you can make it very delicious with some spicing. Everyone can afford sunflower seeds. It's bird seed, you know, like pumpkin mm-hmm. seeds, much cheaper than almonds. So I always say like, we can find the gold in there that is really affordable and also mm-hmm. nourishing. If people are willing to just spend a tiny bit of time getting organized, you don't even need to be a person who loves to cook. Mm-hmm. Cause I've, I've helped many people transition mm-hmm. into making super fast recipes if you can make a smoothie you can cook you can cook right you just stuff in a blender so we take some veggies that we boiled or or steamed and then we throw them into the blender put in some seasoning to make a delicious soup boom put a little half a can of lentils in there it's it's nourishing and it can be absolutely delicious with the right you know nice little oil in there, some some sea salt, some lemon juice, and you've got yourself an incredible meal that's under a dollar a serving. Wow. Yeah, that's also important yeah. to share that eating, eating healthy doesn't mean expensive and it doesn't mean complicated either. In contrary, it can make life probably yeah. easier. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've made meals faster than going through a drive-through restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So when people are like, I don't have time, I'm like, exactly, you don't have time to stand at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if you could get so organized that everything's at work, mm-hmm. you just pull it out, stick it in a bowl, keep a kettle at work, pour, pour boiling water over it. Boom. You have a meal, right? It's totally possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, after one point you briefly mentioned, you talked about, doch, what did you use the word anxiety? And I thought, wow. Yeah. As a, as a person dealing with nutrition, you automatically become a, half of a neuroscientist as well, because it's, or it made me realize, of course, if you deal with nutrition, in the end, our nervous system has to run the guts and break it all down. So we can't talk about the one without talking about the other. We can't try to understand nutrition without also trying to understand the nervous system. And I would love if we, if you still have time to maybe hear a bit, what is the relation between between certain moods and certain foods or especially sugar and anxiety, because I know that's a real thing. And today so many people suffer from anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. I believe that anxiety starts in the gut lining. Mm-hmm. That, quite frankly, if you've had an allergic reaction, we have to remember your adrenaline is really high, which is going to potentially trigger panic. But then we also have the interplay between the microbiome, which is billions and billions of bacteria and yeast that sit along the lining of the gut interacting with your food supply. And if we eat highly refined food, that's going to allow the negative microbes that can influence your mood to overgrow. And unfortunately, if we're eating a lot of things that feed yeast, then if we have an overgrowth of candida, we have brain fog, we have severe cravings come in. Don't mind my puppy dog. (laughs) We have have a lot of... Two guts, okay. <laughs> um, we have, he's having a little anxiety, yes. obviously. <laughs> so, yes. So, we have to uh, really look at when we eat the foods that help relax us, calm us down, and ground us, then we can um, switch up the, the, the actual bacteria in the gut to establish the good bacteria that thrive and continue to grow. And we end up with an upward spiral of what we crave. We can crave healthy food. Like I seriously crave berries now. Like if I want something like, oh, delicious, I'm going to sit down to um, really fast compote. At this time of year, it's so great to just take some some frozen blueberries, some frozen strawberries, put them in a pot, add a little bit of water, and I add just one or two drops of monk fruit or stevia just to kind of make it a little bit sweeter in a treat. And then I I let that warm up. Mm. And then as it comes off the stove, I might add in a little bit of coconut yogurt or some uh, protein powder. I really like to have like a Mm -hmm. good quality protein powder and sit there and just enjoy that like uh, a very decadent Mm. berry compote. I would say very similar to having a lot of people would have ice cream sundaes. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a warming, soothing, healing mm-hmm. version of that, where when you eat warm food, taking me to the hot detox, yes. you really uh, take the pressure off your digestion, right? Because freezing cold has been shown to slow down peristalsis and and have a much harder time on your digestive system than when we embrace the warm foods. And could you maybe sprinkle some cinnamon on there so that you've got that comforting flavor that everyone craves, but it also aids in digestion. So there's a lot of herbs that are called carminatives that are helping you reduce your bloating and helping to um, just establish proper blood sugar. Because now we know that a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon actually stabilizes your blood sugar very effectively. Wow. So there's a, an, an example mm-hmm. of you can have your fun, mm-hmm. but also have it heal every part of your body. Yeah, I was very intrigued when you said grounding foods. And so with grounding foods, warming foods, warm foods are grounding foods, right? Yes, they are very grounding. So when we eat in in Ayurvedic medicine, if we eat really dry, crispy things like Mm -hmm. the deep fried foods, or if we eat uh, foods that are very refined and sugary, they're very, uh, you float away, (laughs) where if you eat something that's warmed and spiced, it really keeps you with your your feet on the floor. Mm -hmm. You're very grounded. And you'll often see uh, an improvement in your moods. I have two examples that come to mind, two clients who have had profound changes in their anxiety. They had so much anxiety, they could barely leave their homes. They were crippled by anxiety. And after eating extremely healthy for just 100 days, they were so ambitious. They were able to, one uh, became a real estate agent and was able to pursue going back to school and just felt this freedom and ease that comes with mm-hmm. um, that deep healing. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we're when we're in a state of inflammation, that red alert that's always going off, like we know there's something wrong, but we can't put our finger on it. That's what we want to address. So as we reduce the neuroinflammation, people notice that they're just more able to cope. Mm-hmm. Your fuse is longer too. So I'm going to speak to every woman out there who might be dealing with menopausal symptoms where they're just snapping at everybody. It's not. It might be normal in the world, but it's not natural. 
And it doesn't have to be that way. We can extend our fuse, have more compassion when uh, we feel healthy and grounded internally. Mm. Yeah, and I was thinking yeah. that moment as well. Yeah, of course, if we have exactly inflammation and probably in that moment, our body does or our system doesn't feel safe, right? And with then changing mm -hmm. the way we eat, we probably also change the way we prepare the food, maybe different pace, uh, different, yeah, different rhythm. And just, it's just a whole, I mean, I'm thinking in that moment, I would say the whole, the whole system or body gets a different message. Wow, someone actually cares, someone looks after <laughs> this physical structure and it probably becomes a really holistic experience, which then literally creates a different platform or environment for the body to thrive. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, we actually run an anti-inflammatory support group that's very affordable. Um, and we do this really uh, important focus mm -hmm. on the five pillars of longevity mm -hmm. because we want people to understand that whenever you fill, feed one of these mm -hmm. pillars, they're all going to circle around and support mm -hmm. the other pillars. So say you come to us because you're worried about your food, but you focus on your breathing, you mm -hmm. focus on your movement, you focus on your purpose, you focus on connection, that's going to give you strength in order to strengthen your nutrition pillar mm -hmm. so that that can be um, another way around it instead of always mm -hmm. saying, okay, I have to eat right after mm -hmm. eat right after eat right. We, we notice an upward spiral when people start approaching it from any mm -hmm. self-love. Because let's face it, all these things we're talking about, yeah. it's just an act of self-love. Eating well, moving your body, breathing deeply. It's just mm -hmm. a way to say to your body, I am safe, I am heard, I am loved. Absolutely. Yes. And I love that you mentioned these five yeah. pillars. I think that <laughs> brings also some almost playfulness and lightfulness into the whole topic to know, hey, I can also just play around. Maybe one day it's easy for me to engage with movement and I go for a long walk and another day I have lots of energy to yeah, really look at what do I cook and one day that might be a bit more difficult, but I did go for my walk and the walk will change the way my body digests, etc. It's I get a sense of playfulness. Ah, I have five possible doors <laughs> to <Yeah>. enter health. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why we even have like a calendar, mm -hmm. like a checkoff calendar, mm -hmm. almost like an advent calendar that allows you to sort of check off the habits over the month. And then you're so excited that it's a game. It's all mm -hmm. a game, right? We're just playing the game of life at the highest level we can. And if we, if we engage and, and make sure we have the connection piece, then uh, it makes life so worth living and, and so much more joyous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, um, a game of yeah. life. And with every step we take, it brings us more towards, yeah, doch, true love for ourselves and knowing I deserve that, right? <laughs> Because, yeah, we deserve yes. to take yes. care of ourselves. That's why we, why we are here. That's the, I think. I, I love, mm -hmm. I love that you're saying that because it really does come down mm -hmm. to deservability. Mm -hmm. So many people feel Like I always ask myself, because I used to be a workaholic, like why did I feel I had to work that hard? It's it's really um, trusting yes. that, that things flow to you easier when you do take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it is a, it's an, it's an act of, of faith a little bit, but, um, it's such a worthwhile investment and it, and it just, again, has side benefits, mm -hmm. it has side benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we take care of ourselves, yeah. we are there also, we bring more to take care for others <laughs> and we will have different ways yes. of how we interact and engage. And by that actually, I just think how wonderful is that, especially in today's world, right? By starting to look, what do I eat? <laughs> and then how do I feel? We actually make a huge contribution to this world. And it's also a way of making this world huge. a better place from so many perspectives. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. I love that. Because mm. at the end of the day, purpose is one of the greatest of the pillars, right? What are we here to do? Yes. And if we take care of ourselves, then we have the strength And we have the the brain power as well to manifest what we're meant Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Which is great. Absolutely. Purpose. Yay. There are no more words for me to say. That's a wonderful <laughs> note to end on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thanks for your purpose being creating this amazing platform to yeah. share. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You're very welcome. <laughs> and yeah, I will put all your links and title book titles into the show notes because we kind of gave many nice little flavors and idea onto which path listeners could go on and there is a lot of good stuff out there Great. from you <laughs> and yeah yay thank you so much i it's really great i look forward to seeing the end product it was i i felt we were in our flow together yes which was lovely. i really enjoyed talking to you thank <laughs> you so much yeah thank you hope you enjoyed this episode and that you gained a lot of new insights inspirations and feel encouraged and motivated from anew to explore how you eat and what you eat through a fresh lens and if you did and if you do please leave a comment a review and share it with your friends and family again it is the dialogue with you dear listeners which hugely supports my work and keeps this podcast going. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support. I wish you all a wonderful, happy holiday and Christmas time. This is the last episode of this year. I dare to take a little break or a little holiday for the Breathing Body podcast. And I will be back on track, back here for you from the first week of January onwards with new ideas, offers and lots of exciting things to appear in 2024. Trust your heart, feet and trust your body and lots of love, Florina. <laughs> <laughs>